Welcome to the Huntley Baptist Church podcast. We hope that this message can be an encouragement to you today. Please feel free to contact us at huntleybaptist@extra.co.nz or visit us at huntleybaptist.com. We're building on last week's message, which was really about our words and uh, and our tongue. And um, some of us have stumbled through the week a bit within that area, but um, yeah, uh, we can build on that again today. Hopefully, by turning to James two. And uh, I've called this message, Big Picture, Love Focus. All right, so we're just going to bear that in mind as we uh, open the word today. Yeah, a small group of experienced swimmers stood on a surf beach near their hometown, watching with great concern at the danger several groups of would-be wave surfers were um, putting themselves in and because they were unaware of a very strong rip. Their concern and their passion uh, to be for safe swimming led to a bit of kōrirua, a bit of discussion, to the possibility of setting up a club to patrol the beach. Within a short time, their passion developed into a full-blown plan to establish a club with rules and rosters, and before long, they needed a headquarters. And then, a little short time later, they needed a more permanent clubhouse. So funds were raised, a little modest building was built to serve their purpose, and for a while, many were getting saved and needs were being met. But with a growing group and many more lifesavers joining in, more room was required along with the things that made socializing much easier. So before long, the facilities were stretched and and it was decided to make improvements to the clubhouse and to buy more equipment. Um, And many of the lifesavers were just loving hanging out there, loved the the positive vibe and the atmosphere, and actually uh, almost forgot that they were a life-saving club. You can see where this is going. <laughs> so around this time, however, some were becoming aware that rescues were happening less often and were being perhaps even ignored. And, made, and some, even, some visitors were even made to feel a little uncomfortable about joining in. Before long, it got to the point where a small group of concerned members felt the time had come to break away and start a new club focused solely on those needed rescuing. They hired a batch a little further down the beach and began to focus solely on (laughs) life-saving. Well, that is just a little, I guess, allegory story, made-up story of a church that starts out The allegory is that it's like a church that starts out with a clear vision to reach the lost and over time gets a bit too comfortable to be looking out for the lost and the hurting. Has that ever happened? Yes, we know that it has happened because even in the very early church, uh, there was a letter written to the church of Laodicea. In Revelation 3, which includes a warning from Jesus himself through John to repent of their apathy 
and self-sufficiency and because they're neither hot nor cold. They're no use to Jesus. They become useless because they were lukewarm, relying you know, only on their natural resources. They were rich in, in perfume and, and, and natural things out of the ground, their gold, their silver. But they were losing their passion and their trust in Jesus to really provide the things that were so needed spiritually. Well, back to James. As a pastor to the Jewish believers in Jerusalem, James was very aware of the need to treat all believers equally, to be Jesus to the poor, and to safeguard believers from reverting to legalism. Many of them had been Jews, very well versed in in the law. At the time of writing the book of James that we are studying this month, uh, James, inspired by the Holy Spirit, lays down a solid foundation for faith-based thinking, living, and mission. And in the last couple of weeks, we've looked at, you know, how does that sit with the rest of Scripture? You know, and, and, it's, and it's sound uh, because it's adding in another dimension to our faith. Chapter 2 begins with a strong word about the hypocrisy of treating people differently based on outward appearance, their status or their talents. It's so easy to do, eh? But there's something greater that helps us in the area, in this particular area. The next thing James tells us is that if we break one rule, one part of the law, We break the whole law. And, um, yeah, there's something greater that helps us with that too. Finally, he makes the point that if we have the means to help others in need and we don't, then our faith is dead. But there's something greater that will help us in that too. And we're going to find out what that is right after the reading in James 2, 1 to 17. So let's read. James 2, 1 to 17 together, reading from the NASV. My brethren, do not hold your faith in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ with an attitude of personal favoritism. For if a man comes into your assembly with a gold ring and dressed in fine clothes, and there also comes in a poor man in dirty clothes, and you pay special attention Attendance, attention to the one who is wearing the fine clothes and say, you sit over here in a good place and you say to the poor man, you can just stand over there or sit down by my footstool. Have you not made distinctions among yourselves and become judges with evil motives? Listen, my brethren or beloved brethren, did not God choose the poor of this world to be rich in faith? And heirs of the kingdom, which he promised to those who love him. But you have dishonored the poor man. Is it not the rich who oppress you and personally drag you into court? Do they blaspheme the the fair name um, by which you have been called? If, however, you are fulfilling the royal law according to the scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself, you are doing well. 
But if you show partiality, you are committing sin and are convinced or convicted by the law as transgressors. For whatever, whoever keeps the whole law and yet stumbles in one point, he has become guilty of all. For he who said, do not commit adultery, also said, do not commit murder. Now, if you do not commit adultery, but you do commit murder, you have become a transgressor of the law. So speak and so act as those who are to be judged by the law of liberty. For judgment will be merciless to the one who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. What use is it, my brethren, if someone says he has faith, but he has no works? Can that faith save him? If a brother or sister is without clothing and is in need of daily food, and one of you says to him, go in peace, be warmed. Yeah, have a good day (laughs) and be filled. And yet you do not give them what is necessary for their body. What use is that? Even so, faith, if it has no works, is dead being by itself. Yeah, wow. Yeah. (laughs) James' warning against discrimination uh, must have almost sounded like a foreign language back in the time that he was living in. But in today's world, he is as up to date as ever, isn't he, in our current culture? You know, being treating everyone equally, no discrimination. Attitudes towards those who are different have certainly come a long way in recent times. But unless the heart of a person is transformed, you know, it can be just words, can't it? It can be just lip service to this thing called equality, to the notion of of the fact that we're all equal. What we need to avoid... what we need to avoid the temptation to judge by outward appearance is a greater cause. What we need is to avoid that temptation to judge by a greater cause. And we find that greater cause in verse 5, to be heirs of the kingdom. That's the greater cause that allows us to see everything in this big picture, but with a love focus. He promised to those you know, who love him that we would inherit the kingdom. When we're heirs, or when we're heirs, kingdom values and have kingdom values, we love others from a transformed heart. We love the unlovely because Jesus loves them. We hang out with visitors and notice people on their own because Jesus did. We honor those who feel like an outcast because Jesus did. Every encounter, or almost I think every encounter with Jesus, with lepers, he touched them. He held them. He held them because no one else would go near them. Isn't that our Jesus? Whenever we organized a social event for our youth group back a few few years ago, Jenny and I would, um, would not take long before we'd notice the kids that were on their own. They kind of lingered or stood out a little bit. 
And one boy in particular used his cap to hide his face. And over a year or so, Jenny worked hard to get him to open up. And finally, the cap lifted up a little bit, and we even managed to smile. But it was hard work. And it meant missing out on the fun with the main group. But that's leadership. Knowing he mattered to God kept us going. And a couple of years ago, he came looking for us to find a baptism certificate in order to join a church in Hamilton 20 years later. He kept going because he discovered a higher cause, the kingdom of Christ. And over the years, we've noticed that many popular, you know, talented kids from stable homes would drop out or drop the ball once they left town. But it was often the ones who had only ever known struggle and rejection that remained available for God to use. And they ended up doing some amazing things for him. You know, we've seen the loneliest, most awkward kids at kids camp become the coolest leaders at Easter camp because they made Jesus Lord and because they gained a big picture of kingdom values. We become an heir of kingdom values at salvation. But they will not fully be consummated in us until we meet Jesus face to face. So we should not discriminate or show favoritism because of God's kingdom values that he's birthed in us. That should be enough. But we're on a journey. Next, James 2 teaches us that we are to speak and act as those who are going to be judged by the law that gives freedom in verse 12. Oh, that's tricky. Because aren't we saved by grace? Didn't Christ fulfill the law? Yes. Yes, we are saved by grace. So what do we know for certain? Here's what we know for certain. We know he is the perfect law mentioned here and in James 1.25. And that he brings freedom now. Let's, let's celebrate that we've been given freedom for those who are in Christ. If you're in Christ, you should be experiencing that freedom today. Also, we know that we are saved by grace and that it's a free gift. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. We know that we're born again. We pass from death to life. We're saved from all of our sins. Our names are in the Lamb's book of life and we will receive the hope of eternal life if we remain in Christ. All this is due to the grace and the kindness of God. It's the gift that we can't earn and we can't repay. So if our salvation is free, why does James say that, they, that believers will be judged? In James 2 verse 12. Well, looking into us, this, the final judgment is the white throne judgment that we read about in Revelation 20, 11 to 15. 
And verse 13b says, And they were judged, every one of them, according to their deeds. You see, we will be rewarded for the works we've done in obedience to Christ, providing that our names are in the Lamb's Book of Life. I'll say that again. We will be rewarded for the works we've done in obedience to Christ, providing our names are in the Lamb's Book of Life. Hey, if not, if our names aren't there, no amount of good works will spare us from eternal separation from Christ. James is speaking of that final judgment here. Not the free gift of grace given at the cross when Jesus took on the judgment for all sin. Once saved, however, James says we are to be merciful. This is another kingdom value that we forgive ourselves first, then others. We forgive our enemies and show mercy to those who have hurt us and or let us down. This is what it means in verse 13, that mercy triumphs over judgment. We show mercy because of God's kingdom values captivating our hearts that he has established in us. So mercy triumphs over judgment or should do in our lives if Jesus has you know, placed this kingdom value in our life, this big picture that he is building a kingdom, and we're part of it. Next, we add action to our faith because once we're saved, God's kingdom values will naturally bear the fruit of good works in us. As we obey the command to go and make disciples, we'll find ourselves confronted with all kinds of needs. Verse 15 is an example of that. We can't meet them all, but God's grace, you know that enabling power of grace? That's not the undeserved favor meaning of grace. The enabling power is the other meaning of grace. That will guide us to the ones we, we can meet, to the needs we can meet. I'll just remind you that verse 15 said, you know, um, and if a brother or sister is without clothing and in need of daily food, and one of you says to him, go in peace, be warmed and be filled. See, we can't fill every need, but we can fill the needs that Jesus has asked us to fill. It's about intimacy, knowing his voice, helping those that we've been told to help. I get it. Sometimes we are the one in need of a miracle or a healing. Life can take us out of the race for a season. But it's been my experience that sometimes, just sometimes, the best way to heal in many circumstances is to look around for an opportunity to serve, to look for an opportunity to give to someone else. Having this big picture faith allows us to see that our small part combined with Others' small parts, lead, led by the Holy Spirit, builds the kingdom and produces godly values in us and in others. 
James says, in the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. You see, we add action to our faith because we are heirs of God's kingdom. And his values are becoming etched in our hearts and on our hearts. You see, you can't have a kingdom without a king. We can't know these kingdom values or principles, some would call them principles, fully unless we know King Jesus. If we don't know him today, we need a revelation of just who he is and what he requires of us. And back to Micah, verse, chapter 6, verse 6, he says, He has shown you, O man, what is good and what the Lord requires of you, to act justly, no favoritism, no discrimination, justice, to love mercy, we've got to forgive ourselves first and then forgive others. Mercy triumphs over judgment. And to walk humbly with our God. We've got to know him. Walk with him. It's a journey. We walk. We talk like the people, the couple on the road to Emmaus. Let's not lose sight of our highest calling. We are all called to be a lifesaver for Christ. Displaying the kingdom values of treating everybody with equal respect. Showing mercy that trumps judgment and by adding action to our faith. Let's do it with a passion. How's your passion today for those that need to know Jesus? You know, we can, there's two things we can't do in heaven sin and tell people about Jesus who don't know him. <laughs> so we got this moment. This is our moment. This is our window. This is our opportunity. This is our time, church. Where's your passion for the lost? Let's do it with a passion because we've been given the bigger picture, because we're heirs of the kingdom, and because we look forward to God values birthed in us, coming into full maturity. Amen? Let's pray. Oh, God, how we trip up so many times telling people about you. God, we just wimp out and chicken out when the moment's there so often. But, Lord, just keep bringing those God moments into our lives, Lord, and opportunities, Lord, because we, we can't do it once we meet you face to face. And you just want us to bring along as many as we can. And so, God, in your strength and with your power and directed by your spirit, Lord, we just pray we'd add action to our faith. We'd add words in season and out. We would add that passion of seeing people being treated well and equally and that we would not hold on to grudges and offenses. God, help us to release those things to you to, yeah, be filled by you for this amazing task and mission of building your kingdom till you come again. 
And when we see you face to face, Lord, we will say, we did what you said. And Lord, we just look forward to those words, I knew you, well done. And so God, we just ask for power, for strength in your mighty name to do this task. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Huntley Baptist Church Podcast. We hope that it has been an encouragement to you. Please feel